this is Phil Diaz. I'm the pastor at Greencastle Church of the Nazarene, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's my prayer that God would use this podcast to speak to your life right where you're at. I pray it also builds your faith and helps give you perspective on how God can work, move, and transform your life. Enjoy the message. Castle Church of the Nazarene. I am Pastor Phil Diaz, and I want to welcome you all again to our welcome uh, worship service gathering here today. Uh, if you're online, I'd like for you to drop a comment, let us know where you're watching from, and how we can best pray for you and connect with you here today. So, there's been a little secret that was spilled today, and I guess the secret that has been going around is that today is my birthday. <laughs> I know. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Cash Happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you guys. I love it. I love it. I want to praise God for my birthday here today. Uh, I mean, God even thought it was so important, He decided to send the snow. Uh, so, I'll praise God for that. Uh, just question, how many January birthdays do we have in the house here today? Just wondering. Okay. Why don't you stand up? You got January birthday. I'm standing up. You can stand up. There you go. Jeannie's got a birthday. Anyone else in January? All right. So don't forget to sing happy birthday to Jeannie. And Lily. Yeah, Lily too. Yes. Okay. Bob and Jane, Nancy. Bob and Jane. Okay. So don't forget to call, text, and email your happy birthday greetings. To all of our January birthdays here today. Praise God for our, for our birthday. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, I had a message that I've been working on for several weeks. And then the Lord said on Thursday, you're not going to preach that. I want you to preach this instead. So all of that work I'm going to set aside. <laughs> and you'll hear that at some other time. But the Lord, he began just kind of talking to me about you know, my birthday, began talking to me about some different things. And, and so the Lord said, I want you to preach this passage here today. And so I do want to give God praise and celebrating 42 years of life on planet Earth here today. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And so I want to tell you a little bit about the significance of the number 42, because little did I even know that it was a significant number. I just thought 42, that's, you know, be, you know, before 43 and after 41. But I did a little bit of digging and, you know, so biblical numerology says that the number 42 is a nurturing number that's focused on individuals, families, and communities. The number 42 can also resonate with a pragmatic approach to helping assist individuals to develop deeper relationships with their families and communities. Um, the number 42 is also used in laments in, in, in the Psalms, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Didn't know that. <laughs> the number 42 also in pop culture, I guess, has a certain uh, history and uh, approach to it. Uh, the number 42 is the atomic number of mobilinum, which is the 42nd most abundant element in the world. It takes 42 degrees, which is the critical angle that of light for it to reflect in order to create a rainbow, which I thought was neat considering the story that we read today for the kids. Amen? Amen. All right. 
didn't know if you knew this, there's 42 U.S. gallons in a barrel of oil. In the original Alice in Wonderland, there was 42 illustrations in the book. The number 42 is an episode of Doctor Who that is set in a real time of 42 minutes for the doctor to be able to save someone in their situation. <laughs> in the game Risk, there's 42 territories. The number 42 backwards is an even number as well as it is frontward. It takes 42 gigahertz to be the resonant frequency for human DNA. The number 42 also is Fox Mulder's apartment in the television show, The X-Files. That's not really important, but I just thought I'd throw that in there. And there's several other things. The number 42 is a binary number of 1010101010101010. Didn't know that, but now you do. Don't say that you didn't leave today without learning some stuff, okay? And of course, you know, since I love Star Wars, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker is 42 years released after the original Star Wars in 1977. Google's chief executive office is called building number 42. And last but not least, the number 42 is the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything, according to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I didn't know any of this prior to this week. <laughs> Praise God! <laughs> Amen. All right. So I didn't know I was, you know, turning such a popular number, um, but I do know this: the number forty-two is in the Bible. In fact, it's found in different ways. Um, one of the best ways is that there are five books in the Bible that have forty-two chapters, at least. Some of them have more, but at least forty-two. That is the Book of Genesis, Job, the Psalms, Isaiah, and Ezekiel. And through all the research here today, the Lord brought me to Psalm 42. And this is his word that he brought me to to preach on today. So I'm praying this is going to be for someone other than just me that's turning 42. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead and stand. We're going to be looking at Psalm, and we're going to look at the whole chapter today. Psalm 42. We're going to begin with verse 1 and go all the way to verse 11. So let's stand here for the reading of the word of the Lord. This is what verse 1 says. Maybe you recognize this. It says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. Does that sound familiar to any of you this morning? <laughs> Here's what it also says. My soul thirsts for God. For the living God, where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, and how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizah. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love, and at night his song is with me. 
a prayer to the God of my life. And I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, being oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Let us bow our heads today for the receiving of this word. Lord, as we have read through this psalm here today, Lord, I'm praying that in the name of Jesus Christ and through your Holy Spirit, that you begin to speak your word and have it, Lord, transform within our hearts and within our minds. Father, I pray that this word be the word that we need today. And Lord, I pray that you anoint this time of preaching, Father. Will you anoint my tongue, anoint the words that I'm speaking, anoint my thoughts that go into the words. And Father, I just ask that this be the sustenance that we need from your Bible, from your word here today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys may be seated here this morning. So as I celebrate 42 years of living life, I've got a few things to say about life, right? Now, for some of you, you may discount that because you've probably lived another 42 years after my 42. And you have a little more to say about some things. Uh, and then, like, when I was talking to Lily, she's just like, you are so old. You're just so old. How, how do you get that old? And I said, if you're blessed, you'll be as old as me. And so, in preaching this good word that the Lord directed to me here today, I want to say this about this song. Life does not always go according to your plans or my plans. Amen? Life does not. Perfect situation is this morning. I did not pray for this snow. Somebody is praying for this snow right there. <laughs> but I did not pray for this this morning because I know how difficult snow can be for people to get to church. And so in hearing this word, I want you to know this. This is a word that I hope that can be for everyone at some point within your life here today. So I want to talk a little bit about it. The psalmist here in this psalm, in Psalm 42, he had more than one or two rough days. It's actually thought that this psalm was uh, for a, a, Le a Levitical priest who for some reason at the time of writing this poem was physically distant from the city of Jerusalem and the temple. Scholars believe that he may have been in exile with King David somewhere beyond the Jordan. And this priest was missing his being in the presence of God. His being in the presence of God. Some of us, we get sad because we don't have this or that within our life. This man was sad because he wasn't in the very near presence of God in the temple. I think that should speak and preach enough to us in itself. But I'm going to keep going. It should be remembered that at this time, God, of course, was worshipped in the temple. And you may be at one point, you know, preaching about the Holy of Holies, being where the glory of God is encased and enshrined, and it hovered 
you know, the glory hovered between the cherubim's wings, and then there is the mercy seat, and there's the Ark of the Covenant behind the curtain. Now, all of this is despairing because the priest compares his state of his soul to the thirst of a deer panting for water. Imagine the hottest day, which is hard to do today, I know, but imagine the hottest day in the year for you, and just, you can never get enough to drink. And that's what this was like. He feels it is only in the presence of the living God that he can be refreshed. And not only that, he's grief-stricken. And the thought of not being able to be in the presence of God downcasts his soul. He's challenged by those around him even, poking and prodding at him, saying, where is your God? And on being challenged, he remembers where his God is. He remembers he used to go to worship with his God, with the multitude of the people, leading the procession of the people to the house of God, to the temple. And there used to be shouts of joy. There used to be thanksgiving. There used to be festivities. There was hustle and bustle. There was something going on. And the man knew that it was so joyful to be able to be in God's presence and to be there with his people. And his crying out to God, it sounds to me like he was busting at the seams to be able just to run back to the temple. He then remembers, and I'm going to paraphrase for a moment, that's okay. But he remembers these thoughts. He remembers, man, I've got to get this together. I don't know why I'm down, but I know I'm down. I feel like I'm such a mess, but I need to put my hope in God. Amen? And I'm going to be praising him. I know that he's my Savior. I know he's my God. And then he kind of like goes back into the, but I know that I'm down. I know that I'm out. So I will remember him. I may be distant from the place that I worship God, but I'm going to remember him. I'm going to remember where I am and where he is. The psalmist poet at this point, then he gives himself a bit of a shakeup and he sees he's in great despair, but he sees that God is still there. He's finding it hard to acknowledge that he's always worshipped in this one place at the temple. And he realizes this. He realizes that he needs to refocus his gaze. So church, how many of you at one point have been like, man, I remember when the church, it was hustling, when it was bustling, and there was full of people. But now look at it. It doesn't look like there's as many or there's not this going on or that going on. And it kind of makes me sad. Maybe you can relate to the psalmist. My first point is this, and all of this is that I want to ask you is that, do you personally, do you, do you long for God? Do you long for God the way that this psalmist Longs for the Lord. No matter what we're going through, we must set our gaze on God. Amen? No matter what we're going through, we must set our gaze on God. When we are looking up at the possibilities that God can bring into our life, we often look down. And you can see the negativity in the trench below you. But when you're focused on what is up, on what the Lord is doing, on His hand, 
You don't care about the negativity in the trenches that the Lord is guiding you through. It says this in verses 1 through 2 in the psalm. It says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul it pants and thirsts for you, my God. So my soul thirsts for God, thirsts for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? Some of us need to be reminded of the passion and the thirst and the longing that we can have for God in our lives. Because sometimes we, we forget. We forget. Our gaze is disrupted. And our focus, it changes. And wherever our focus is, so our longing can change. And when we're distracted by the troubles of life, our longing for God, it can be put aside on a shelf. It can be put aside to where it's behind us and not in front of us. And we no longer focus on God, but we solely focus on the problems at hand. We solely focus on the negativity. We solely focus on the trenches that seem impossible to cross. But what does that longing for God look like? The psalmist described it as a creature in desperate need of water. Being thirsty. Being thirsty. How many of you thirst for an experience with the living God in your life? Maybe yeah. you thirst for an experience with the same God who created mathematics, the planet Saturn, the moon, the ground beneath you. He wants to know you. He wants to have an experience and a life with you. He wants to be able to walk and talk with you. But do you long for that? Do you long for that? And thinking about water, I researched the and many of us know this. Your body always needs a certain amount of water within its physical self to function correctly. And that's because our bodies are made up of 60% of water. In children, it's about 75%. You can't survive without water very long. In fact, you may have a few days at best without having any liquid in your system. And if our physical bodies require to have water within us. Don't you think our spiritual beings also need to draw from a well that is deeper than the sustenance that we feed it at times? Don't you think that our soul needs to be entrenched in a well of living water? Amen. Of living water. Jesus called himself that I am the living water. And that water is found in the living God. He says, and asks the question, where can I go and meet with God? I'm going to be very straightforward. I'm going to answer that for you right here, right now. You can meet him right here, right now. You can meet him right here, right now. My second point is this. Do you have questions for God? You have questions for God. Surely you've got questions for God. I do. I've got all kinds. I, I hope he can answer them all in the time that he gives, which I know he can. 
But how many of you actually have questions for God? You see, there's questions in this song. And sometimes the questions can be unsettling. Because I think that sometimes if we were going to write the songs in, in today's language and vernacular, it would not have any questions or doubt. It would be very much like, praise God, I have no questions, I have no feeling, we're just going to focus on, on this. But there's questions in this song. All kinds of them. In verse 2, he asks about where can I go and meet with God? In verse 3, he asks about, well, where is God? Where is your God? Verse 5, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Verse 9, he asks, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning? Verse 10, he asks, where is your God? Verse 11, he asks, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? How many of you have ever asked these questions to God in your life? Amen? How many of you have ever asked some of these questions? You're like, I don't know if I like that. That's not nice and polite and cookie cutter. I like my Christianity very cookie cutter and it's perfect and there's no questions and there's no, it's nice and neat. You know it looks great. The Lord wants to make your life As blessed as can be through him. But life, as we talked about, doesn't always go according to our plans, does it? Sometimes we have those questions. And here's the thing. I love that there's questions like these in the scripture. Because I love that we have a God who is bigger than the questions that we have for him. And I love it that we have a God who stands firm in knowing who he is at all times. I love it that we serve a God who doesn't ask questions, but he already knows all the answers. He doesn't have to Google anything like we do. Because he made everything. And I love it that when we communicate with God, sometimes he asks us questions. <laughs> I love them. But they're serious questions that we have to answer sometimes in life. Sometimes the questions in our lives look like this. How can my fractured family relationships that have seethed and been torn for years ever become restored? I mean, how many of you have ever asked that question to the Lord? Maybe something like this. How can my wayward children who seem to mock God and everything that their parents stood for ever be prayed into the kingdom? How can my nasty divorce and the battle that's happened over that and the children that are caught up in the middle, how can ever any of that ever be used for any sort of good in my life? How can I contend with difficult people who seem to have it out for me every single day, every single time I see them? How can I deal with the nagging pain of these physical ailments that just won't seem to heal? How can I manage a limiting health condition that has put me on the sideline? How can my financial pressures in life ever leave me alone? How can this wrong path that I had chosen 
in my life ever be forgiven and forgotten? How can I ever be loved if I have no one to love me in my life? How can I ever bring a child into this world with all the violence and the corruption that's going on? How can I ever feel better about myself and my situation? How can I actually deal with thoughts that bring me to the point of destruction and on the brink of suicide? How can I handle these addictions to substances? How can I manage my emotional stress? How can I escape these feelings of sadness, of depression, and being enveloped in what is known as a dark night of the soul? Have you ever had questions like that for God? Alright, now we're getting some. I want you to know this this morning, that whatever your deepest questions may be, I want you to know, number one, God hears your questions. And I want you to take comfort in that. God hears the cries of his people, and he loves your questions. And I believe that he led this psalmist to help write this down because it's got great meaning and value for us here, even today. And so I want us to take a look at verse 8 here today. Psalm 42, 8 is a very important verse to help you with any of your questions that you may have. This is just a little tidbit. But I believe that this is a powerful verse. So highlight it. When you have questions, you refer to it. When there's situations going on in your life, come back and read this. Psalm 42, it says, By day the Lord directs his love, and at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I, I love how it's actually said, um, in the New Living Translation. So can I share that with you as well? It's the same passage, Psalm 42a. And this is from the NLT version. I can't remember if I made a slide for that or not. But this is what it says. I did. It says, but each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his song, praying to God who gives me life. Amen? Isn't that powerful? Whatever your question in life, and there's many, all kinds, I want you to know this. God is wanting you to know today that He is pouring His unfailing love upon your life. What does that mean? It means that when you're in the blues, you're down in the dumps, you're feeling downcast, you're in whatever situation that is bringing you, it just feels to the edge of a situation. The hope is in knowing that God is pouring his unfailing love upon you. And it even says this, it says that through each night I sing his songs. So here's what that means. It means I might be sad, but I've still got a praise within me. i still got a song that the devil can't take away. I'm going to be praying to God. I see the situation. I know what it is. I know that I'm going through the valley, but I'm going to be praying to God. And then here's what I know is going to happen. He gives me life. 
Because sometimes when you're on the edge of a situation, sometimes it's hard for you to even know, am I going to make it through another day? But it says there, it says, he gives me life. He gives me life. He gives me quality of life. He gives me in knowing that I may have these situations, I may have questions, but his love is being poured out upon me. Praise God. Amen. His love is poured out. Is he filling me? Yes, there's a lot of things, but he's filling me with his unfailing love. And I can worship through all of that. Give God praise for that this morning. Uh, my last point is this. We talked about, do you long for him? Do you have questions? Last point is, do you know of his assurance? Do you know of his assurance? Life, like I said, does not always go as expected. And this is what the psalmist was experiencing. He was up, he was down, he was grieving, he's lamenting, he has the situations. There's at least three laments in the psalm, which is each complemented by an answer of hope. It's not left for debate or question. He knows where his hope and strength come from. Why am I so discouraged, she asked. Why is my heart so sad? And then he answers it this way. I will put my hope in God. And then he says, I will praise him again. Interestingly, the laments and the cries of grief, they get shorter through the psalm as he remembers God. Isn't that interesting that the more that we remember who God is, the smaller our problems seem to become? Give a praise for that, church. Amen. Some events in our lives, of course, they're not always in our control. But no matter the situation, God will never forsake us. I want to share with you today Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. And this passage is God speaking to Moses. And he says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Remember the psalmist had someone poking and prodding him. Say, where is your God? You know what God says to the psalmist and to Moses and to us here today? He's saying this. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be terrified because of them. The people poking and prodding, the naysayers, the disbelievers, the doubters. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the giants in the land. Don't be afraid of those people. The Lord your God goes with you. And he will never leave you or forsake you. And I love that promise. Give God praise. He doesn't leave us or forsake us. The author of Hebrews, he says it like this in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. He says, keep your lives free from the love of money. And this is so important, right? Be content with what you have. Then he says this, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Contentment. 
Contentment leads to the kind of peace that we need within our lives, knowing that God will never leave us nor forsake us. We can hold fast to these promises because what God is to the psalmist and what God is to Moses and what God is to the writers of Hebrews is also speaking that for us here today. And God is close at hand. He's closer than the air that we breathe. The psalmist, because of his physical circumstances, he feels distance, and he realizes where his hope is. His hope has always been and will always be with God. It lies in him. Moses is assured that God will never leave him. The writer of Hebrews is also sure that God will never leave him, and he is content in that knowledge, and he passes that message on to those who he is ministering to. And in case... He even points that out, that even money and things will not always be with you. <laughs> you can spend all your money, and you can die and have a bunch of money in the bank account. But somebody's going to take that money. You can call it the state. You can call it the government. You can call it a long-lost cousin. You can call it, you know, a stepchild that you never knew. I don't know. You know, when people pass away, family that has never come before, before they seem to come from all over the place. But the money and the stuff and the situations of all of that, you know what? It all pass. But the peace of God is everlasting. When circumstances surround you with questions, when people prod at you and say, where is your God? I want you to notice that it was the psalmist enemy that was asking this question. I want you today to leave knowing that you can be assured God is with you. Remember, we have an enemy that would very much like to turn us away from God. He would like to use our situations to be able to tornado things within our lives to spiritually depart from the Lord. He would like to be able to mess your life up in so many different ways. So that way you don't come into the presence of God. He would very much like to use any of your grief and your suffering and your feelings of downcast to be used against you. So that way you can't find hope. But we have a hope, amen? amen. We have a hope, church. We have a hope in knowing who God is. We have a hope knowing that most importantly that God is always with us, amen? Amen. Jesus himself, before he left the world, he made it clear that when he left the Holy Spirit, it would come to the disciples and the Holy Spirit is sent from the Father. The Holy Spirit is a counselor. This is what it says in John 15, 26. It says, when the advocate comes, the Holy Spirit comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of what? Truth, the spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Why is that important? What does that have to do with what we're talking about? What I'm saying is that even Jesus is assuring you here today that he is with you. The Holy Spirit is with you. And he assured his disciples, even in the Great Commission, that he would be with them. This is something to be excited about. This is something to give shout about to praise God here today. He says, surely I am with you always, even until the very end of the age. Amen. Give him praise. 
We can hold on to that promise. Because you may be grieving. You may be disappointed. You may be in a certain kind of pain in your life that no one else knows. You may be suffering, but here today you have a hope. And that hope has a name. His name is Jesus. You may be grieving. You may be hurting. You may have disappointments. You may have pain. You may have suffering. But because we know we have a hope, I want you to put your hope in God and praise Him in our Savior and our God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Give Him praise. He's always with us. Give Him praise. But this time, I'm going to have the praise team come up. You know, our response to so many things in life is sometimes something that We think, we think we know how to respond, but sometimes we don't. But I want you to know here today how to respond to the ways of the Lord here today. It, it said in the psalm, and this is actually even where the message title comes from. It says, for I will yet praise God. I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. I have lived 42 years of life, Lord willing, here today. And in those 42 years of life, it might be a shock to some of you, but I have not lived a perfect life in 42 years of my life. In fact, if you look at my life, there's, there's a lot of downcast, there's a lot of certain chapters in my life that well it's sad you know when I was born my parents they weren't married and they were both in a certain way absent for a large part of my life I could have easily been sent to the adoption system and of course you know I grew up with my grandparents we didn't always have everything but in another way we did have everything I've been wearing glasses since I was five. I witnessed my first dead body at the age of six laying on our apartment stairwell. I remember vividly as a child all of the different curse words that I heard in multiple languages. I've seen family members, and even myself at times, even on the brink of self-destruction. And then there's all kinds of pockets of trauma, pain. I can't even put into words. Your pastor, at one point in his life, was very shy, backwards, and I just say weird. <laughs> and I have a lot of layers of baggage life that the Lord is still working and healing within. But through all of that, and for everything that's ever brought me into depression and sadness and grief, I will yet praise Him here today. Give God praise. I will yet praise Him. I 
I've experienced God in my life. I've seen him work in my life since I was a kid. And I, 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 I cry because I, I shouldn't have been in church. I shouldn't be where I'm at. If I was going to look at my story from the outside in, I shouldn't be where I'm at. But God in his hand and God in his way, he brought me into the church through a van that came and picked me up. And I was one of those kids on the front seat. I was one of those kids that I got picked up by a VBS program and I got into the church. And I got into knowing Jesus. I gave my life to him and I give him praise for that. Because I didn't get praise. And I'm blessed by God today with all of the blessings that he's given to me. I'm blessed. I'm surrounded. I have a wonderful wife. I have a beautiful family and have wonderful friends and church family here today. God has blessed me richly. And I want you to know that today. You have been blessed by the Lord, and He is with you as much as He is with me. So for all the 42 years of my life, the little blip on, on the screen of life that I have so far, I will yet praise Him. So today, here's what I would like us to do. This may seem weird for some of you. I'm going to invite you into it because I don't think it is. But I want to invite you into the presence of God here today. And here's how I want us to do that. Whether you're standing, you're kneeling, I just I want us to come forward. If you have a testimony for the Lord in your heart within your life about what he has done in all of the years of your life, I want you to step forward. If, if God has saved you, I want you to step forward. If God has rescued you, I want you to step forward. If God has sanctified you and he has set you on his rock, I want you to step forward. And you're like, but isn't the altar only for bad sinner type people? No, it's for all people. And he wants to assure us of his presence. His presence is here today. So I want you to step forward. You can stand. But what I want you to do is find a posture around the altar, whether you're standing, whether you're kneeling, whether you're praying. Your posture doesn't matter so much as the fact that you just step forward and say, I have a testimony. And I'm going to thank God around these altars here today for this testimony. Amen. Amen. OK, so that's that's what I would love for us to do within this moment. Let's go ahead. Let's gather. The worship team is going to sing a song as the deer. Let's worship. Let's go.
Thank you, Jesus, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can long for you here today in a way that maybe we've not felt. God, we, we know that whatever questions we have, there is no question that you don't have an answer to. Father, we are just so blessed by the assurance that you give to us through your word of knowing that you're here and that you're working. So, Lord Jesus, we've gathered here today to give you praise and to give you worship, Father, collectively, Lord. And so we pray, Lord, that as are those that have gathered all here together today, Lord, that the praise and the worship, it doesn't cease, Father, that it continues to go with us as we leave this place here today. And we just continue to look to you, Lord, as our sole focus, Lord. And no matter what the problem, no matter what the situation, God, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you are doing a mighty work. We ask, Lord, in your name, the name above all names, to do so accordingly. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. If you would like to connect with me or Greencastle Church of the Nazarene, you can find us on Facebook at Greencastle Nazarene and also on our website, www.greencastlenazarene.com. May you have a blessed and wonderful day in the Lord.